Uh-oh. Good morning, everybody. Hopefully you're having a good Friday morning. Hopefully my camera will come back on. There we go. Let's see if it'll resync. Re re there we go. Picture. Sorry about that. <laughs> Let me try that again. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Friday morning show. Hopefully you're having an okay day to your last day of the week. Maybe you got some decent plans for the weekend with the holiday and everything coming up. We'll hit a couple of couple of topics uh, on that. But first, you want to get the SMS text notification. Text DSD Live to 844-598-0012 and you will be notified when we go live. The uh, I, I want to chat. The topic of today is going to basically be about... Uh, ruminating post when these things are done's not really the right word but uh you know when you transition into the next phase of this and some of the things that you need to be aware of and careful of oh i forgot to turn on my interface for the uh for the call-in show for the call portion i don't know if anyone will, will do that but let me just Kind of get that set up over here so that if anybody does want to call in, I I have uh, I have that already set up. Get, get kind of logged in before I do that. See, I thought I was doing good today, but what I will do, and this is going to be kind of a, a out of sequence, but I just want to show that I do finally have the channel member scroll list back up and operational. Hopefully that's the right people because I was messing with that yesterday and exported it and made the video file and then forgot to create a, a thing. So this will also happen at the end. I just want to recognize the people who've been channel members who I've been able, not unable to, to uh, show that recently. But uh, the other thing, let me, let me make sure that my my cell phone is actually connected to my my audio interface so in the event that uh, I do this I can be more more prepared prepared for uh, for actions so to speak anyways what I'll do before I jump into the topic is I'll just recognize the folks who are the early morning crew who popped into the chat so we got uh, Ted because he says these people uh, these kinds of people have no listening skills. That is very true. Uh, Tim says, morning text notification works well. Ready for a Friday chat. I am ready. I am so ready for this week to be over. Alex says, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. iTumbler says, DSD, good morning. Good morning to you, sir, as well. Linda, good morning to you. Uh, David says, uh, DSD, thank God it's Friday. Let's go. And 11 Kids says morning all. All right, while we're waiting for everyone else to show up, let me let me hit the comment that I want to want to talk about today. So, this comes from from a comment I got on a video the other day and it says I'm going through this now. I have guilt, question myself, I lost everything and I'm stuck on what ifs. Basically, this is ruminating. And I would love to be able to say, you know, you shouldn't ruminate. You, you know, it's just like you made it through the other side. You should be happy. But inevitably, what happens is, is we get stuck in this infinite do loop, as I used to like to call it, where it feels like you're just constantly reliving this whole thing and questioning yourself. What if I did this? What if I did that? You know, was it me? Was Did I make the mistake? The, the problem with that is it just keeps dragging you down into the pit of hell. I think part of it is, at least for me, when your whole life is chaos and that chaos comes to an end, you don't feel comfortable without adding more chaos into your life. I think that's one part of it. I know that's what I did. But the reality 
especially when you're dealing with a high conflict, toxic, narcissistic person, you can get caught up in this mode to where you're thinking, you know, well, what if I just would have understood and navigated this? You got to remember that unfortunately these people don't think normally. And we also think that, well, maybe if we just, you know, I, I used to use, I haven't used this in a while, but I'll, I'll bring it up. The matrix, if you've seen the, I know it's starting to get dated. So maybe there's people who haven't seen it, but I think most people have seen the first matrix movie that was released way back when. And there was a character in there called Cypher who had, who had exited the matrix, realized real life sucks. And he wants to go back into the matrix. So he makes a deal with the agents to give up his buddies because he feels like they've been lied, you know, lied to him. And he wants to get plugged back in and forget that he knew anything and just go back into ignorant bliss. Now, the reality for us is ignorant. Sure, we could say we, you know, but I don't think any of us were really living a blissful life. We were living a delusional life. We were living a life on borrowed time. These people basically put you into a pressure cooker, trying to basically fry your brain. Um, I think in a lot of ways, they're hoping that you will just pass away so that they don't have to deal with you anymore and they can collect all the spoils of war, so to speak. And the fallacy of that, what if, what if I did something different with them is thinking that you, that they would change. What I don't think people understand is they're probably, the outcome is going to implode on itself anyways. I did have somebody way back when say to me, you know, you could work on this, but that's not to say the marriage, meaning you could work on the marriage, but that's not, there's no guarantee that it's not going to fall apart anyways. And that's the reality. I mean, you know, even if, even if you were able to help your toxic narcissistic spouse relationship, have that epiphany moment where they realize they've been living in a fantasy land and truly connect with who they are, you, you don't know with confidence that that person is going to still be the person that wants you or the person that you would want. There was a point in time in my story where the ex, we were, we were talking about something and, and I can't remember what, what I said, but, but she was like, you don't even know who I am. You know, we married 20 years and you don't even know me. And I had this, I had this epiphany moment back then where I'm like, holy crap, I do not. This person is not the person that I have seen on this pedestal that I placed her upon all this time. It's a different person. And for a moment, I had made my peace with that. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Well, and this is what kind of what blew it up for me. In my, at that moment, I was like, okay, damn it. Not the person I thought I married, but the foundation. <laughs> you can see where this is going. The foundation was based on mutual love. And then as time progressed, a short amount of time, unfortunately, it became very apparent with actions and words that it was not, there was no love there. You know, the, I, I was basically a tool being used for a, a specific purpose. And the actions did not correlate with the words that were coming out of of their mouth. So here's my point on this. So let me let me wrap this up and, and maybe be able to put it in a bow for the holiday seasons. First, if you are stuck in the what if ruminating part, understand that that's a normal process that we all unfortunately 
go through. But you have to pull yourself out of the cognitive dissidence, pull yourself out of the illusion of what you believed and or hoped the relationship would be, and understand you're transitioning into reality. And although reality and seeing the world clearly for the first time can be incredibly painful, I think that it fundamentally changes our view on what's going on. We look at people differently. We start to build better boundaries because we understand that in the past we made excuses for people to, you know, walk all over you. But I understand it. I mean, there were times, especially early on, I'm like, oh my God, is this really the world I want living with, with the, with the ex? And maybe your experience will be different, but I, what I will say is what a key part of that, that helped me through that was watching the kids go through the same thing that I went through, understanding that had I stayed, I would have still been in that nightmare. You have to get away. And, and the reality is, I think, I believe, because sometimes people get caught up in the whole, well, it would have been better for the kids. It would have been different for the kids. And my fear is if you are normalizing excuse me, if you are normalizing the behaviors, I think it's priming the kids to relive those things out or to normalize it. So if they get into a relationship that has similar toxic traits to mommy and daddy, that in their mind, they will rationalize it saying, you know, this is home. And personally, I don't want that. I want to break the cycle, you know, I mean, especially in this scenario, because a lot of us, we, in, a, in effect, we chose to enter in a relationship with these nightmaric people. My goal slash hope is that our children can understand what healthy relationships are be more selective of who they allow into their lives. And as a result of this, not have to go through this wonderful experience, sarcastically say it, spoken, that uh, we've had to go through. And on that, that is the main topic for today. When you're stuck on the what ifs and ruminating, don't do it to yourself. It will tear you apart. I'm over here trying to look at my buttons and I, oh, I know. I was going to hit the marker. I'm, trying to think. <laughs> I'm looking at all these buttons. And I'll try to, I was going to hold it up to you, but, and I, I'm like, there's something I was going to press. Anyways. All right. Let's see if we got a few more people in here. We do. Thank you all for spending your Friday morning with me. I appreciate it. I hope that uh, this, this, this show will help start your day off. Uh, if you have something specific that you would like me to, to address, tag me, put uh, put question on there, and I will uh, I will attempt to answer your question. So I'll pick up where I left off. Miami Babe says we are back. Glad to have you back. Ted says I I am on the verge of calling my daughter out when she tries to be manipulative and argumentative. And withdrawn from the conversation. Okay, so the only thing I would say on that, this, see, in this, it, it, it gets nuanced. And I know a little bit, I've, I've, Ted and I have had some texty conversations over the last few weeks. So it, it's a balance because you do have to set up boundaries but you have to pick when you do it. it and because I'll just first part of that, you know, time and a place, 
Second part of that is, is, is this a part of the smear campaign slash wedge issue that the X is trying to, to set out, set up to make sure or to help you help us light our relationships on fire with our kids? My approach has always been on, on this, not initially, I learned this the hard way, is, and this is where the whole premise of the Groundhog Day video used to come up. Let me see if I can, <clears throat> excuse me, if I can uh, find that so I can show that to you. It's probably in my mindset for narcissist, nar, narcissist, narcissistic. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery. Holy crap. Uh, where is it? I have one called, there's more videos in this playlist. It won't let me cycle through all of them. I have one called Groundhog Day. So do a search on that. You can do that by going up to the, uh, go to the main page, hit the search button. Groundhog, might help I spell correctly. Ground, Groundhog Day. So I have some videos in there that will, cover that. The, the, the basic premise behind, behind that is typically when your children come back to our places, it is going to be a groundhog day, meaning that it's going to be like every other time when they first get there. Their anxiety is going to be higher and they are going to more than likely lash out. So what you have to be careful about is picking your bat <clears throat> excuse me picking your battles with them in that scenario. What that means is when they first walk in the door I would highly encourage you not to take this as, you know, news you're over here now we're going to play things my way. Uh I tried that that all that would do is make the entire experience a living hell for the entire time. So what I started to do, and this paid off rather quickly, I was kind of surprised by this, to be perfectly honest, is I would let the kids have basically a pass when they walked in the door. I wouldn't, you know, if they if they did something a little bit, a little bit wrong, there were some times that, you know, one of the kids would really push things which would cause a knockdown drag out but for the most part you let that transition and typically what would happen what I saw is by the next day things were back to a normal a good normal and then after a period of time it got to the point that when the kids would walk through the door it was like they never left and with only one minor exception, even with when they were with their mom for an extended, you know, like Christmas break, uh, you know, whatever, Thanksgiving, whatever it was, when there was a vacation, when there was an extended time where in the past it would be even worse when they would come back, even those days turned into where when they walked through the door, even though they had been gone for maybe, you know, a week or two. It was like they had never left. But partly that was me changing my approach, my interaction with them, giving them that time to transition, demonstrating that there was that time so it reduced their anxiety, their fear, their concerns, and things got better. Now, the, I was going to mention a, a time that that didn't work out well, and that was I took my bony finger Shoved it in the ex's eye right before a trip. I'm trying to remember what it was. Ah, the details. I, I think I remember. The ex made a comment. <laughs> this was stupid. I shouldn't have done this. But so the ex was like, you know, would you, would you like to see the kids, you know, for a couple hours over the Christmas break? And if you want to, you can. But if you don't care, then, then that's okay. That's okay. If you don't care, if you don't want to see them. And, uh, and this was right after the therapist had basically said it was, I think yesterday I mentioned, 
the uh, therapist saying, you know, it was a shit show over there. And I'm like, you know, I think that's not a good idea because, you know, Dr. Sowens, Dr. Smith had said that, you know, your, your, your environment was a complete shit show. And, and I think it would just be too hard on the kids to only have a few hour reprieve from your nightmare. <laughs> yes, I did. There was a time that I did not follow my, the advice that I now know. And what happened with that? Did I feel okay jabbing it in her eye? Of course. It felt great to basically stick it right in her eye. But at what cost? And this is what happened. When the kids came back from that Christmas vacation, it was a freaking nightmare. The kids are like, it's the same. There's no difference between our two houses. You know, I mean, friggin' my son started hitting his sisters again. I mean, it was like, oh, my God. Someone asked me the other day, it's like, you know, how do you, you know, how did you get to the point of changing or accepting things? And it was experiences like that. It was when I realized that for, for a, a minor little like, yeah, F you, the consequence to the kids and myself was significant. And it was, it, it basically just reinforced it wasn't worth it. I mean, this is the reason why, I mean, it's also the reason why I didn't go back to try to lower uh, child support and alimony. Uh, apparently, California a few years back decided to, you know, stay-at-home mommies don't get to be, or stay-at-home parents don't get to do that forever anymore, and they'll adjust <clears throat> child support, excuse me, to uh, say, okay, if you're not going to work, we're just going to pretend it's called imputing wages. And I didn't do that, even though they were like, you know, you can, you know, we'll do it. Because I'm like, every time I tried to poke her, she would take it out on the kids. So I decided, you know what? Peace and stability is worth the extra money that I'm, I'm paying just to try to keep the status quo to make it semi-stable for the kids. So... And semi-stable for me. So let me know what you think about that. Out and back says, hi, everyone. Day off from work today. Happy to join. Well, glad to have you. And hopefully, 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 hopefully you enjoy your day off. I should have taken today off. I did not. I think I have like 10 hours left. I still have to burn before the end of the year. And I have to, uh, I think Debbie was telling me there's, there's a day that she took off that I need to co coordinate with. So we can, we can maximize that. So Michael says, uh, DSD, you are spoiling us. Dwayne, I'm looking forward to your show. Listening here in Ireland, Mick from Ireland. Hey, Mick, thank you so much for, for listening. And, uh, man, one of these days, it'd be really neat to go to Ireland. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but it sure would be cool. Ted says, I hate the lack of accountability. It is accountability. Yeah. For the ex and sometimes our, our children. Tim says my ex got about 80% of the assets due to her manipulating manipulation of the money, including transferring into precedent, precedent marital accounts. I had never heard of that. I rerun how I could have changed the result. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you got to just let it, I mean, at some point, yeah, work through it, but at some point you just have to, you just have to let it go because it's not, I mean, it's not like you can change it. It's not like you can go back and say, Hey, I want to do over this needs to happen. And, you know, and the re and the reality is for the most part, I don't know, maybe if you had known and you could have addressed it at the time, you probably could have eked some benefit from it. But but again, just going back and replaying everything and, and what you could have done differently. Now, I think doing that so that maybe if you have a better idea where someone, you know, you're you're advising somebody who's going through it to say, hey, look, these are the pitfalls. This is what you need to be aware of. 
these are some of the things you should think of, which is kind of what this whole channel is about. I think there's value in that, but, but beating yourself up for it, you know, and I don't think you are Tim anymore, but uh, actually, okay. There's another comment. It says, uh, Tim says, now I don't, <clears throat> excuse me. I, now I just understand that she is still grossly unhappy with a big bank account. They're, these people are grossly unhappy period. And I'm happy to be able to live without her manipulating me. I'm much better now, but it took about seven to eight years post-divorce. Yeah, right there. Hold on. That That is worth... That's worth a thunderous amount of applause, Tim. And that's what I was thinking you were, we were going to say. You know, I mean, it's just... It's, it's, it's rough. It's tough. I was going to say rough, tough, huff. Uh, it's tough whenever you're looking at the other person and they left with cash and prizes and you think that they are um, living their best life, you know, high on the hog. But the fundamental reality, and Tim was saying that right there, is that they're, they're fundamentally unhappy, miserable people. And as a result of that, it doesn't matter, right? It's like, you know, you escaping by the skin of your teeth is is way more valuable than any perceived thing that they were able to get. Now, as I say that, I do understand and I do remember that when I was going through this, I was pissed and it was annoying. And it looked like, you know, no consequences for little Miss Butterfly. And everything was just going swimmingly. And then, but I had you, you, once you start taking a step back behind the veil and you realize, wow, what a person that is just stuck in chaos. What a person that the universe slash karma keeps rewarding them for their exceptionally unique behavior. And you just start to realize, you know what? You stay over there. Have your chaos, and I'm going to be over here, and I'm going to try to make my life as pleasant as possible. And for the time I have my children, I'm going to attempt to do the same thing for them as well. Oh, Tiffany gifted some memberships. I wonder if I can highlight that. Uh, first things first, let me mark this so I can get back. So, Tiffany, thank you so much for that. I can kind of copy it here. It says, Tiffany gifted five DSD memberships. Thank you, Tiff. I really appreciate that. So there's a few people who get, I don't know how that works. I don't know. Uh, I'll have to relook at that. But but that means uh, uh, Christy, Shane, uh, Pepe, M, N, I can't even read that from here, and Nancy all have gifted memberships. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it, Tiffany. You've always been a huge supporter of the channel. She's one of the few people that have the black the black boop finger, uh, which demonstrates, I think, might be four or five years of being an active member of the channel. So, oh, if you guys know what I'm talking about, um, when you go to, uh, when you're on YouTube, this wouldn't obviously would not work for Spotify. <clears throat> Excuse me, there is a join button to join to become a channel member and help support the channel. And I do, I do really appreciate the people, even in the course of the dilemma of the last couple of years when I had to take a bit of a hiatus because of some personal reasons that, that still supported the channel. Uh, and I'm glad to be able to finally be able to get back and start producing some, some more reoccurring content. So, all right. So Woo, uh, Woos says triggers seem to be a huge setback. Puts me right back into fight mode. Takes longer to get out than I thought to get out of fight mode. So here's the thing. That is expected. Although it doesn't, you don't believe it. I've talked to many people who I'll tell them, I'll, I'll give them a heads up. <clears throat> excuse me. And say, hey, just so you know, typically, not always, but probably 90 to 95% of the time, once you get to a transition point where you would think that it would be parties and, you know, just smooth sailing, there's typically a crash. And it's, it's, it's a pattern behavior. 
I mean, it's basically a result of PTSD and CPTSD. You know, think of it this way. People in war zones, because we're basically in a war zone, we're going through this. You know, you hear all the stories about the people that they're able to deal with it over there. They come back and then they have an emotional problem. And it's like once you're in, once you are out of the fight, then your mind can attempt to start processing this stuff in it and you're going to have issues with that. Now, what I'm getting at, and I used to talk about this in some of my older videos, that Mindset for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery playlist has does cover this. And that is, we tend to have gradual improvements. So, like even with what Woo's, Woo's, Woozy, Woo's Tell was saying, you know, puts me right back, whoops, I didn't hit the button puts me right back into fight mode, takes longer to get out than I thought it would. This is the way this process worked for me, and this is the way it's worked for most people I've, I've interacted with. Let's say 100%, you know, you're in this fight or flight mode. And then as things start, you start working on it, it's really slow when it backs off. So for me, it was like, I was, I'll just use it in this scenario. <clears throat> You know, 100% of the time I was ruminating and thinking about the X. And when something would happen to trigger me, it would take, maybe it would take a week to back off and start to feel a little bit better. In the early part of this, the problem is, is that within that period of time, she would do something else, which would reset that clock. So it just felt like 100% of the time was constantly in this mode. Then what starts to happen is you start to have these little moments where you're, you start to kind of get back to who you were. And it could be, you know, like you go from a whole day where all the time is in this chaos mode, and then you have maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And then that starts to grow to 20 to 30 minutes. And then that grows to an hour. But the problem is, is whenever you get re-triggered, you, you think or you feel like I'm never going to get out of this mode. You feel like, you know, see, no, it's never going to get better. And you start, I, what I would do is I'd question myself and, and say, oh, crap, you know, maybe I am the problem. Maybe I'm, I'm just this way. I'll never get out of it. The illusion was when I was feeling, was when I was feeling good. And it's really easy to get stuck in that trap. But what you have to recognize as you're going through this is, hey, wait a minute, I did have some good times. And then something happened, and it drug me back down, but it was getting better. And when you can start recognizing those teeny tiny little improvements, instead of ignoring them, which is what we mainly do, then it starts to build on itself, and it starts to get better faster. So hang in there, woos. You're on the right path. It's just going to take time. And and I for for him, I know that, he just, you know, just walked out of the fire. So it's like really everything is still, you know, it's right after the accident, so to speak. Oh, I got to grab this, this super chat. Standby one. Prisoner 105 did a super chat, says morning with a cup of coffee. Morning, sir. I have my, my homemade Americano. Uh, actually it's probably, it's kind of like a hybrid Americano hybrid latte. Cause I, I put a little bit of foam in it. I got one of those little stupid little things that spin it around and, and give me some foam. So that's fun. So thank, thank you, sir, for the support. I really appreciate that. Oh, now I got to get back to where I was. I just hit the wrong button and, uh, Oh, Tiffany, thank you. Thank you so much. So Tiffany, what was it? Click here, did that? No, that's just telling me it did it. Tiffany did a super chat. says, don't forget to hit that like button. Thank you so much, Tiff. I really appreciate that. We got to meet back up on and do a round on the new crazy Fortnite. Every once in a while, we, we do a, a team. A, a team? Yeah, team, team mode. And uh, whoops, I hit the wrong button. And it's pretty cool. Hold on, I got to turn on my... Do not disturb because I keep getting these silly notifications. 
I did that the other day, though, and then I, I missed a call from my boss. That part wasn't so great, <laughs> but stuff happens. All right. Now I got to get back to where we were on the comments. Uh, oh, Peter. See, you know, I, earlier I, earlier in this in this conversation, I mentioned I was telling the story about the, you know, you don't even know me. And Peter says, I got the same thing. Quote, you don't even know me. I replied, apparently not. <laughs> well, sir, that was well played. I uh, I don't think I did that one. I can't now that I, I wish I would have. Let's ruminate about the past. I there are some things I wish I would have said and done back in the day. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I just want these freaking people out of my life. Close. I have a few more things to do. Unfortunately, I have to probably go back to court on two of them. Uh, one's that suit, and uh, I think I'm going to make a play to have alimony eliminated. Spoke to an attorney. It seems like there's a pathway forward for that. So I just need to double check before I start another war on that front. But it would definitely be nice to to be freaking done. Dunny McDun done. Kate, you made it. So it's coming in late as usual. That's perfectly fine. Uh, let's see. Ted says, I hate that I attracted these people. You know, that's it. I'm glad you, you mentioned that because that does roll into what I was talking about before about the what ifs and stuff. I went through the same iteration of, of being angry at myself that, uh, you know, where all these people come from? Why am I surrounded by all these people? Is the world just full of these toxic, narcissistic people? I mean, earlier this week, we were talking about the fact that, you know, we end up accidentally surrounding ourselves with people like this. And it's not that everyone is like that. It's just that we end up doing it. Because they these people are on a fishing expedition and they're testing. And when they realize that we can be manipulated and we're easy, easy targets, and I hate to say it, but I was an easy target. And you know, the crazy part is I can look back now and even when I was dating, the red flags were all there. Now, not, you know, I mean, the love bombing stage did occur and it was like, oh my God, this person is great. They're, they're exactly my soulmate, you know, that whole crap. But even with that, the mask would drop every once in a while. The person would tell me who they were clearly and succinctly i mean now granted don't get me wrong they <clears throat> they didn't say just so you know i'm going to make your life a living hell i'm going to push you to the edge of death and uh and then when that doesn't work i'm going to clean your clock and you know just try to really destroy you but i mean what was said is comments about being codependent comments about um I'm trying to remember, you know, everybody leaves me, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was, instead of, instead of looking at that for what it was like, Hey, that's not good. You know, I made excuses for it. Like, no pumpkin, I will never leave you. I'll be there forever. We picked each other, you know, that whole thing. So, um, we attract these people because our, our, well, effectively, our emotional maturity isn't isn't up to par, and our our healthy boundaries are not there. Or even if we think we have boundaries, these people slowly dismantle them to get what they want. And, and see, the problem is is that you know when I say get what you with, get what they want, you know you could you can have that flash. And when I said that, it was like, well, oh, to get me. No, it's not that they're trying to get you. It's like they're trying to prove to themselves that they can manipulate and control you. And then it's how much can I push this person to their breaking point? And oftentimes what will happen, unfortunately, is they will push to a point where we will break 
and we want out, and then we go back. And then the love bombing starts back, and, and inevitably what happens with that, it's not that they learn and they go, oh, crap, I almost lost this person. I need to do something different. No, it's challenge accepted. You know, they, I was able to push this far. What can I get away with next? And that is typically how that plays out. So please, I know, I know everybody goes through the process to where they, they question themselves on that and they effectively beat themselves up. Understand that that is, that's a normal process, but please don't stay there. You know, it took you however long it's, I mean, it took me two decades to get to the point where I'm like, I have to try something different. Even if it doesn't work, I owe it to myself to see is, is there a life without chaos? Is there a life with either this person not constantly trying to, to undermine me or are better that I could find somebody who isn't a demon. <laughs> so <laughs> that was funny to me. Hopefully it was funny to you. All right. Diane says, I was married 22 plus years ago. I left as soon as, as last went to college. All three issues, women, all three have issues due to staying, but it would have been a different flavor of hell what I have been divorced earlier. Yeah, see, it's, it's a tough one. And, and, and I'm not, Diane, here's the thing. If you made it work, you know, you, you made the best decision that you could at the time. And if you're good with that and you did the best you could for your kids, then that's fine. You know, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's varying ways to take, to, to approach this. It's, um, but it, but it depends, right? I'm sure. And I'll ask you this, Diane, it, maybe you, you'll hear it and you can answer. I, I'm assuming that you probably had this threshold of muck for lack of a better word. Where just, you know, you kind of knew what that baseline chaos was. But my guess is, is that it, if it escalated past a certain point, even with that, you would you have still stayed? I think, I know for me, see, here's the crazy part. Back when I first, see, I'm the one who left. Because I just couldn't live like this anymore. And my hope at the time is that it would force change and, you know, ultimately it'd be like, we'd look back on this and it would be, you know, it, it, although it was hard, it was great. The problem is, is in my scenario, is it turned into scorched earth. And what I'm, and what I'm saying is, is that had, and this is, and it actually kind of scares me for me, had in my scenario, the ex realized, oh, crap. Because I think her whole point was to reset the, the dynamics of the relationship. She was just doing what she had done for 20 years. And I, I mean, for effectively, I changed the rules of the game. That I'm not going to fall into the normal pattern that I had for two decades before. So why would I? I mean, I should have, <clears throat> excuse me, I, realistically looking back on it, that was crazy for me to think that that me changing was going to change her. So what she ended up doing was just lighting everything on fire, trying to make it as painful as possible. And then it just got to the point that there was no recovery. There was no way out of it. So <clears throat> Michael says, what if we had decided to stay with the conflict conflict X? I don't think so. As soon as I filed, I felt I was regaining my old self back and be a better parent for my child. Now, I would agree with that. That's kind of the way it started with me. Uh, I did have, personally, I did have an issue where when the false allegations and the smear campaign were going on, it really spiraled, spiraled me out of control. Uh, and I was just kind of in this mode of, I was just in shock. I'm like, how can this person be doing this? <laughs> but I didn't understand. There was no DSD channel at the times, and I didn't have the the experience. Well, I definitely had the experience, 
But I didn't have the knowledge at that time. Ted says, I've lost all empathy. I do not care about the so-called childhood trauma of the narcissist. The people are sick. I do not agree with that comment for you, Ted, because I think you still have empathy. If you're saying I've lost all empathy for the ex, yes, I would agree with that. And I could relate to that. There was a period of time where some people would say, oh, it's so sad that she's so damaged. And I'm like, sorry, I almost, almost said a cursy word. And uh, I'm like, no, I don't know, you know, F this person. I don't care, you know. And, uh, I, and, I, and it's not like I have, it's different, right? Before it was just anger and I've been able to, over the, over the decade, I've been able to wash away the anger from this scenario, which to be perfectly honest, I did not think was going to be possible. And, uh, and I'm very grateful that it is possible and that you can get out of that mode because as a result of that, my life has, even with the continued low-grade chaos that continues, it is my life is so much better than it ever was with, with, in that nightmare. Wu says, DSC, what if I could have stopped the conflict or I was responsible? See, here's the problem. I and I'll, Okay, so story time. I, for most of my marriage, was constantly in this state of anxiety and stress. It's hard to live in that mode. You could probably relate, Wooz. I finally had an epiphany probably in my late 30s where I kind of made peace with a lot of things. I still didn't know what I was dealing with at home. But I got to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm just not going to dive into this chaos. I changed the way I approached things at work. Things were doing going well. Um, I'd gotten a, a, well, promotion not with money but with position. You know, my stress levels were going down. And I was like, man, my life is great. I got a great family, a great wife. My kids are doing good. My job's doing good. My career's doing okay. Wow, things are awesome. And even when the ex would try to take her bony little finger and go boop right in my eye, for the most part, it wouldn't work. And that was great for a short period of time. And then what happened is the ex realized, crap, here, let me do it this way. Crap, I no longer have emotional control of this guy. I have to fix that. So she started basically sabotaging the relationship and the marriage, slowly dragging me back to that old person. And as a result of that, I mean, it basically lit everything on fire. That was the downfall of what really blew everything up. So the reality, Wooz, is that there's no way you would have been able to stop this. You could have prolonged it. And so here's the thing. Let's say hypothetically you knew everything you know now. Could you go back into that hell knowing what you're dealing with and let this person continue to play the freaking games, emotional games that they were going to play and you respond in the same way and basically be eviscerated on a daily basis? Could you have done that? I don't think I could have. I watch my children now who who have moments of clarity, who then go back over there and fall right back into the same trap. We escaped. You escaped, sir, and you need to be you need to you, you need to recognize that. I know again, I know it's early in the process, but you need to stop beating yourself up on that, man. Peter says, unfortunately, divorce undermines the credibility and the authority of both parents. Unfortunately, that is very true. And, and you know, in the, so, the, the sad freaking reality of it 
is it doesn't have to be that way. And it only takes one parent to light this entire process on fire. And there is nothing we can do to get that person to stop. We can beg, plead, reason with them. And it's like they take their ball, they want to go home, and they are not going to, you know, they're, unfortunately, we're not dealing with a mature adult. Effectively, you're trying to divorce somebody who is emotionally probably 10 years old, but they have the power and the and the authority of an of a of an adult and they're empowered and enabled <laughs> hold on oh i hit the wrong one first diane says my adult daughter told me the other day that my strength has been an inspiration to her hold on i got to do this that is awesome i never disparage their father good for you right and I think, see, that's, that is the benefit of this, is that if we can get to the other side of this and demonstrate to our kids healthy boundaries, <clears throat> you know, hopefully we can demonstrate to them, you know, you don't want to repeat this so that you can demonstrate that you have healthy boundaries. You need to recognize this right off the bat and not put yourself into that situation. So, and went on to say, happy one-year divorce anniversary to me. So that's a good enough, I'll do that again. So congratulations to you. I imagine that one year probably feels like a 10-year experience. Hopefully the channel has helped you in that process. Tim says, my dad only had one bad thing to say about narc mom when we were kids. Mom told us to tell dad that he was a bum for having a beard. I feel, I feel targeted. He told us to tell mom that Jesus had a beard. I remember you, you've, you've said that before. That's pretty funny. Prisoner 105 says, such an important message today, Dwayne. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for saying that. I appreciate it. Uh, David says, DSC, what is your current holiday like with the kids? Mine have long moved away, but I just enjoy it with my fiance. Well, so this is the first year with um, all the kids being adults. Uh, adults. I always, when I would call them, I was like, how does it feel to be an adult? <laughs> uh, anyways, so um, yeah, it's just kind of mellow. Uh, Debbie and I are going to do, I don't know what, we were just kind of talking about that yesterday, so I'm not sure what we're going to do. So it's not, they haven't long moved away here, but uh, I haven't heard from them in the last couple of weeks. I think my youngest sent me a, uh, a TikTok video of uh, someone taking black and white photos. That was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I have no idea what the plan is. So, but I'm glad you are coming up with new process, processes and, and things to do, David. That's important. Kate says, my experience is that in the rare instance I had to stand up for myself, I find myself at receiving end of an ex parte order. Yeah. And, and again, it, it, it comes up, <clears throat> excuse me. It comes up to, it, you know, is it worth the fight? And, and don't get me wrong. A lot of times that's what these people are doing. They're, they either want the fight or they're trying to make it so horrible for you that you don't. And, and it's tough because at one point you're, you're thinking, well, you're just pushing, pushing. Well, okay, I'll say it this way. You're just pushing me around to get what you want, you know, and I'm not going to let that happen. And I went through that phase. And we didn't end up back in court, but I mean, it was just an exercise in frustration. You know, then it gets, got to the point, well, if I don't fight this or I don't stand up, then I'm, you know, agreeing with, or, you know, basically then they're the only voice saying something. So that means everyone's going to believe them and it doesn't matter because whatever. So Kate, I'm going to ask you this. Um, I, my assumption is, is probably at this stage of the game, you really are, are, are cautious for what you stand up for because it's not worth the grief. Now, the way I would do that is the way I did it is I just, you know, would fortunately in my situation, I see that it depends on the nuances. I'm saying fortunately in my situation, the ex wouldn't generally in person try to jab me in the eye. It would be via email and stuff like that. And, and again, I just started when I came up with the hybrid no contact process you know, it's like, okay, is, do I need to respond to this? Is there a reason? Does it benefit moving the needle to respond to whatever crap that they're doing? So 
who says, uh, DST, my ex reads our message messages to our son. So no free jabs in the eye. Yeah, you got to be careful of that because probably they are going to read everything. Let's see. Oh, I mentioned the, the gifted memberships that Tiffany did. Thank you so much. I'm just now in the comments on that. Ted says, Dwayne, have you noticed the pattern and cycle of narcissistic abuse, i.e. beginning with love bombing, etc.? I, th I think my entire channel <laughs> is talking about the patterns of that. So yes, yes, I, I have noticed the cycle and the patterns and it's like a playbook. It's like these people, no matter where they are, where they are in the world, they all follow the same playbook. Say anyways. All right. We are quickly running out of time. Peter says, it's hatred and bitterness that keeps you stuck. I would agree with that. You must confess that as your own sin, every time it shows up, or the narc will never get out of your head. Must confess that as your own, as your own sin, every time it shows up. Yeah, I'm missing that part. I'm not entirely sure the context of what you mean, but I will say this. Being stuck in that hatred and bitterness mode, which we have every right to be angry and bitter, it doesn't do anything for you. It gives them free rent in your head and it keeps you tethered to them and effectively allows them to still control you. But that is a very difficult, very difficult uh, thing, process, it's, it's hard to move past that. And it took me mm, uh, probably a year, maybe a year and a half of beating my head against the wall to really finally start to make progress on that. And those techniques that, uh, hold on, let me go back to the home thing. The techniques that I talk about on that Mindset for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery playlist was key to that. You know, the hybrid no contact, figuring out a way. Because, I mean, initially I was like, I'll go no contact. Well, you can't go no contact with somebody when you have kids. It just doesn't work. So I had to come up with a new solution. Because when I tried no contact, it blew up in my face. So, anyways. All right, let's see. We are, we are rapidly running out of time. We have two minutes. The two-minute clock timer has, has started. Let's see. Peter says, you are correct, Ted. Anger is hard, is, are fine. No, anger is fine. Men get hurt and then, and they get angry. Women tend to cry. Sometimes we do one or the other or both. Hatred and bitterness are different though. Yeah. I was super emotional during this. You know, I don't normally, uh, you know, back in the day, I was pretty stoic, wouldn't cry. But I will say that I got to the point, it was driving me crazy. I could watch a stupid commercial and if it had a family on it, I'd freaking lose my, lose my stuff. Everything was reminding me, you know, it was, was a trigger point for it. And again, that goes with what I was saying. This stuff is not easy. It is not easy to reconcile, rec <clears throat> reconcile, pardon me. So you have to go easy, easy on yourself and give yourself time to heal from this. Too often we get into the mode where we feel that, well, this should just, you know, this should just be easy. And it should be. I mean, I wish it was, but it's not. Very rarely is it. So, and, all right. So I am going to start wrapping this up. And I'm going to say thank you so much to the channel members who helped keep this show alive. The names are scrolling on the screen of the active members of the channel. I finally figured out how to do that. <laughs> All right, guys. Hopefully you have a great rest of your day uh, and the holidays. I know Christmas is coming up. Hopefully you can do something, something good for you, maybe even your children. And on that, I will be back Oh, God, I don't know if I'll be back Monday or on Tuesday. 
So keep your eyes peeled and look for the the schedule. And uh, but this li- the morning show is back. I'm going to help you guys get through this. All right, take care, and I'll catch you on the next one.